following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. How many of you have ever been like in a certain situation to where you're like, what am I doing right now? Like, what is going on? And there's certain situations in our life to where things happen and we just think to ourselves like, what am I supposed to do with this? Or you start to do something and you're like, what am I even doing? And um, Maybe for some of us it's like every single day, but for me as a parent, I feel like that a lot. Um, there was a situation that happened this last week where Josiah, he's had like a cough, my son, for like almost two weeks. And we were always saying, well, if he's not better like in three days and you know, we'll take him in, and three days pass, we're like, well, now we'll wait like three more days, and if he's not better, we'll take him in, and three days pass, and then like a week and a half pass. And, um, his cough kind of started to get better, and then one night at like 12.30, um, he all of a sudden just starts screaming like, Daddy! I'm like, I know that's not a nightmare, my son doesn't get scared, so I run in there, and I'm like, what's, what's wrong, buddy? He's like pointing to his ear, and he's like, ouchie, my, my ear hurts. I'm like, your ear hurts? He's like, yeah, it's ouchie. So I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. You know, I'm, I'm almost a doctor, so I'm like, well, you can't have an ear infection because then he'd have a fever, and he doesn't have a fever. And so we, we kind of let it out for like 10 minutes, and we're sitting there, and every 10 minutes he's getting like this pain, and he's, he's squeezing, and he starts to scream. He's like, ouch! I'm like, okay, I get, I get it. We're going to go to the emergency room. And we're not new to the emergency room with him. And so we go in, and I kind of know what I'm doing. And I walk in, and the emergency room doesn't have that many people in there. So I'm like... This is going to take like 10 minutes, right? Well, they called our name in 10 minutes. We went in. They, they checked, checked his uh, heart rate and weighed him and all that stuff. And we go out. And right before we go out, I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, do you know how long like, this is going to take? I got to work in the morning. Just, yeah. This is like 1.30 a.m. He's like, you know, it shouldn't be too fast. You got like three people ahead of you. I'd say about two hours. I'm like, two hours. Okay, cool. So we go out, and I'm sitting there, and I, I'm holding on to Josiah, and he's still in pain this whole time. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what do I do in this situation? Like, I can't do anything to make him feel better. And so I'm just holding him. And there's this one thing that he does when he gets sick. And it, it's just right before he starts to throw up. And so I'm holding him. And all of a sudden, he does this little burp. I'm like, that's not a normal burp. And at that moment, he starts just to throw up all over me, all over my shirt, Throws up all over his shirt, throws up all over my shoes, and I'm sitting next to a garbage can, so I grab him and I kind of throw him on the garbage can, and I'm holding him up like this, and he's just still yakking still. And in that moment, I'm thinking, what am I doing? And then I started to get upset at the people around me. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Why don't you help me over here? I'm like, I know your finger just fell off, but you have nine other ones that you can like go clean up. Please help. And the nurses, they're not doing anything. Nobody reception, they're not doing anything. I'm thinking like. Well, I'm starting to blame these people, and, and then I start to blame Lily. Like, why didn't she pack extra clothes for us? Like, she should have known he was going to throw up on me. And I feel like in, in moments where we don't know what we're doing, it's really easy to start to put the blame on other people. In moments where, where we don't know what's going on, we, we kind of get frustrated and we start to put blame on other people. And, you know, in, in everyday life, but also in ministry. I feel like we do that. I feel like in the church, 
we also do that. If, if the vision really isn't clear, or we come to church and it's not really clear, I feel like we start to do that about ministry and sometimes even our own faith. If things aren't going the way that we plan them to go or the way that we want them to go, we start to question our faith. We start to question our vision, God's vision. We start to question life and, and asking ourselves, well, what, what am I doing here in, in this moment? Why am I serving God? Should I be serving God? And, and we start to question even following Jesus. We start to question serving him and, and serving others. And there, there's a couple of passages that I want to focus on um, this morning that will hopefully, hopefully, um, help us understand what we're called to do as a church, but also what we're called to do or what we're called to be as individuals, as Christians. And I titled today's message, How We Roll. Okay, like how we roll, like how we go about it. What do we do? Here at Valley Metro Church, the type of people that we want to be. What kind of people do we want to be? And it starts off in, in, in Luke chapter 4. Um, the setting is, is Jesus is in his hometown of Nazareth. And he's, he's in a synagogue full of Jewish people that are waiting for the Messiah. I think this is a funny because it's, it's full of Jewish people waiting for the Messiah, but yet the Messiah walks in and they don't even realize it. And he starts reading this verse from Isaiah. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, it's interesting in Isaiah 61, what he's reading from is Jesus is reading a prophecy about himself in that moment to a group of people that are waiting for the Messiah when he is the Messiah. And what's even more interesting, that word anointed, okay, it's, I'm probably going to butcher it, but Mashiach. And Mashiach means the Messiah. Or Christos in Greek, it's, it's Christ. So Jesus is literally saying the anointed one, the Messiah, Jesus Christ himself, is here to bring the good news to the poor. He is here to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, to give blind to the sight, and set the oppressed free. So if we think about that for a moment, when Jesus comes and he is saying those things, okay, he's saying, this is me, this is what I'm doing, listen, I am the Messiah. We think about that and we're like, oh, that's cool, yeah, Jesus, you can do that. But if we are in Christ and he is in us, aren't we also called to do that? Aren't we also called to set the captives free? Aren't we also called to heal people? Aren't we also called to lift people up, encourage them, and let them know the Messiah has already come and he's going to come again? As Christians, isn't that our job? Shouldn't we be doing that on an everyday basis? I don't know about you guys, but that's how I want to roll. That's the type of church I want to be in. That's the type of Christian I want to be. That's the type of people I want to be around. So if we are in Christ, if we are his disciple, we are called to do those things. And as a church, are we doing this? I want you to think, as a church, if you are in this church, 
Are we doing these things? Or as an individual outside of this church, if you call yourself a Christian, are we doing these sorts of things? We read this. We read this in Luke. And we see Jesus is saying this, I have come to do these things. And we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. And physically, he's not here. So it's on us now to go and do these things. No matter the circumstance. And, and I know we, we look at this and we're like, well, kind of what's a good example? I'm glad you guys asked that. Because in Luke chapter 10, we're going to read verse 25, and, and we're going to give a little example. And it's, I say little, but it's actually really long, so just bear with me. Um, this is the Good Samaritan. Okay, so it says, starting off in verse 25, On one occasion, an expert in the law, a.k.a. a lawyer, stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is it in the law, he replied. How do you read it, he answered. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look, at, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Cool. Go and do likewise. Oh, yeah, that's, that's really easy to do, right? The expert of the law, this lawyer, I like calling him out as a lawyer, asks a question I feel a lot of us ask, but we, we're not really honest about it. And we, we read this, and he's like, how dare he ask Jesus that question? Like, how dare he do that? But we always do those sorts of things, right? We always try to justify certain things in our life so we don't have to do it, right? We always try to justify little things, but yet, no, we're a Christian. I, how dare he, he question Jesus? He did it in front of a group of people, but I feel in our heart we do it a lot. You know, as Christians, we're called to serve. And I'm not calling anybody out in here saying, hey, come serve at Valley Metro. But I feel when we're called to do something, when we're called to serve, we always come up with these excuses, right? Well, I work 40 hours a week, and on Wednesday I have bingo, Thursday I have bowling, and then it's family time on Saturday. Sunday morning is the only thing I can do. My life is completely packed. And we try to justify things of, well, Jesus, I love, I, I love you, Jesus, but, you know, I have this going on. It doesn't mean I don't love you. I mean, I'll come to church. I will do that, and I will pray to you. But, but, do I really have to serve? Or do I really have to do this? Or do I really have to do that? 
And he asked the question, pretty much, well, do I really have to, like, just define neighbor real quick. Like, what's, what's really neighbor mean? Like, is it just kind of the people I live with, my wife and my kids? Like, they're, they're my neighbors, right? Or the people in my apartment complex, they're technically my neighbors, so yeah, I guess I can show mercy on them and love them as well. Or maybe it's the guy across the street, yeah. He, he's my neighbor. He is my neighbor. And so, when, when Jesus goes into this, he starts to talk about a very unlikely situation. About on this road from Jerusalem to Jericho. And it's, a, it's a very unlikely situation that something like this would happen, but he wanted to make a point. Because a priest and a Levite, they were very, very well respected Jewish men. They knew the law like the law. I mean, they absolutely knew the law. And so he asked the question to the lawyer. A priest passed, went on by. A Levite passed, went on by. And then he brings up the Samaritan. And a Samaritan is that guy at work that you cannot stand, or that lady at work you cannot stand, or maybe to the person to your right or your left right now. They're that person. A Samaritan, you didn't interact with Samaritans at all. You didn't do business with Samaritans at all. Samaritans were bad people for the Jewish. And likewise, Samaritans did not like Jewish people. It was actually when, when Jewish people would travel, when they would have to go through Samaria, they, didn't, they would go actually around it because they just didn't want to be in the presence of Samaritans. How many of us feel like that sometimes where we don't want to be in the presence of people, right? People get annoying. Not you guys, but I'm talking about other people. Not, not to me, but other people have told me other people are annoying. And so how many times are we in those situations to where we can kind of understand what he is talking about? And we pick up in verse 33, and this is what Jesus says. Actually, we'll go to verse 34. It says, He went to him, this is the Samaritan, He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Now, oil and wine weren't cheap. They were expensive. He used his own stuff. This is a Samaritan doing this to a Jewish man. Complete opposites. How many people know here in the United States of America we have complete opposites? Men and women. Okay? Then he put the man on his own donkey, put him in the back of his truck, brought him to an inn, uh, Hamptons or Motel 6, I don't know which one, it was probably a nicer one, brought him to an inn and took care of him. He literally sat down with this man and took care of him. He showed love to this man by taking care of him. You know, and we're in a time right now where there's a, there's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of hatred going on between tons of groups of people. And just think of the two, I'm, I'm not even going to say them out loud, just think of two religious groups, well there's probably way more than that, but think of two religious groups that just do not like each other at all. They literally want to kill each other, they hate each other. Groups of people, two gangs, whatever it is, they hate each other. It's like them walking by and seeing them, and you can go and give them a little kick and let them stay down, or you can actually walk over to them and not only just give me your hand, get up, buddy, you're going to be okay, but literally put him on your donkey or Ferrari, take him to a Motel 6 or the Hamptons or wherever it is, and take care of him. And then he goes on and he says this, the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Here's my credit card, okay? 
And if there's any extra expense, just put it on me. It's on me. Anything extra, put it on me. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. You know, we see this, and we think that's kind of impossible to do, Jesus. Like, I can't do that every single day, 100% of the time, because even I get upset when someone disagrees with me. You're my enemy. Or when someone stops too fast in front of me, I want to say things to you. Or maybe wave to you in a different way. Okay, we get upset. We can't do this 100% of the time. But this is an example that Jesus is saying, he says, go and do likewise. Go and do this. Go and strive. We cannot be perfect people. But we can strive to be like Jesus who was perfect. We can go about this life looking at his examples and doing likewise. We're in a moment right now, as Pastor Scott was saying, we're in a crazy moment in our country. Where maybe we agree with with this group of people and we don't agree with this group of people and all of a sudden we start to argue and fight and I'm right, you're wrong. No. No, let's just be a good Samaritan. Let's just go and serve somebody. Instead of starting an argument, let's show the love of Jesus in a way. Us as Christians, we always want to be right. Always want to be right. And I think that's why sometimes people get really upset with Christians. For me, I want people to know who Jesus is so badly. I want them to know his love so badly. And I think that as well, people have hearts like that, and when they find out that someone's not a Christian, well, you've got to become a Christian, you've got to quit sinning, you've got to quit doing that, you've got to quit doing that, you've got to come to church, and you've got to serve, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And by the time they're with the second son, they're like, whoa, chill out. Right? And they say, well, I, you know, there's a couple different ways. Of nope, Jesus is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the life. Those are all true. But what are we doing to opening up the heart of that person? How are we coming to that person in a loving way instead of a way where we all get defense? We're like, hey, uh, <laughs> um, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, if they're like, no, I'll be like, all right, well, let me tell you about it. Come here for a second. And as soon as they say something that you disagree with, then we, we get upset and we're Christians. We're mad. We're angry. And We want to slap you because you said something I don't agree with. We're never going to agree. Even Christians don't even agree with each other on half the things. And that's a sad thing. Different theological views, different denominations that we count on a hundred different hands. Right? And we, we start to argue, we start to fight. Why can't we just focus on the main things? Why can't we just focus on the fact that Jesus came, He is God. He came here to free the captives. He came to mend the brokenhearted. He came to set everybody free. I don't think any Christian will disagree with those things, do you? Well, maybe he, no, no, maybe nothing. No, that's what he came to do. And we need to stay focused on the main thing. We need to stay focused on the Good Samaritan and what he did. On the most unlikely situation that Jesus explains where people are like, yeah, right, that didn't happen. It happened because I truly believe that Jesus was explaining himself as the Good Samaritan. I truly believe that while Jesus is telling this story of the Good Samaritan, he's explaining who he is. We are broken people. We are people that are hurting. We are people that need a Savior. We are people that have problems. I'll be the first to admit that. I only have one or a hundred 
Okay, I have problems. And Jesus comes and he sees us in that problem and he picks us up and he brings us to him and he heals us completely. I truly believe that that was the Good Samaritan was Jesus. And he's saying, you guys cannot do this 100% of the time, but go and do likewise. The best that you can, go and do likewise. See what the Good Samaritan does? It doesn't matter if he's Muslim, Jew, Christian, or other thousand religions that are out there. It does not matter. Go and do likewise. There wasn't a dot, 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 but with one T. There wasn't that. Okay? There wasn't but this, but that. No. Go and do likewise. And I love the setting of this story too because when Jesus talks about that road to, to, to Jericho, Jerusalem to Jericho, it was like a 20-mile trek that people went all the time. They were going back and forth on this place. And, and we think of, you know, a main road or a main freeway here, people going back and forth, but they didn't have really fast cars. They had really fast donkeys and horses and all that stuff, camels. But anyways, so... It was a dangerous road. There were people. It wasn't just all the good people were going on this road. And there wasn't all the people in the churches or, or in, in uh, synagogues that were walking this road where they're good people. It wasn't that. There was robbers on this road. And that's why he corresponded to this. Well, this man was beaten naked. He was stripped. And he was half dead. And then the good Samaritan comes and he's walking on this road. Okay, this, this road always doesn't have lights shining on it. Right? This road isn't always butterflies and rainbows. There's probably bad things that happen on this road, just like there's bad things that happen on the streets of L.A., right? And so, for me, walking on a bad road, I'd rather go the other way. I like to be comfortable. I don't know about you guys, but I like to be, I like to be comfortable. I like being in nice neighborhoods, looking at the nice houses, and thinking of, you know, It'd be so nice to be, be out there tanning right now or something. Or it'd be so nice to be getting a massage right now. Or it'd be so nice to just be in this nice area, people serving me. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, yeah, it would actually be great. It'd be really great. But I also understand, and I also love people. And I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this, okay? I'm not saying that people who live comfortably don't need Jesus. Because I, f- I feel like I live comfortably. I'm not saying I don't want to minister to these people because they have a big house. They got it set. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is everyone needs Jesus. And this includes the places in the world that are unsafe. This includes the places in this world that are dark, that have no light in them. This is what Jesus is calling us to do, to go out onto those roads where it's not really comfortable, where we're probably walking, we're like, what are we doing? And we don't know what we're doing. He's calling us out to those sorts of places. In the midst of everything, he's telling us to bring light into darkness. Being in the world, but not of the world. But our world shouldn't just be this church building. Our world shouldn't be our little cliques, our little small groups, our Wednesday nights. Those are great. I'm not saying anything bad about those. But that should not be just our world. It shouldn't just be Christians. That should not just be our world. Christians and the people that we agree with, the Republicans, the Democrats, that, that shouldn't be our world. We shouldn't stick to just that. We need to expand and go out because the people that don't know the truth 
need to know the truth. And if we have Jesus, we know the truth so we can go out and spread the truth about Jesus. We are called to go out to bring the good news. We are called to go out to heal people, to set the captives free. And I have some friends, and I think they skipped church today, so I didn't really want to tell this story, but I have some friends, and they have this certain ministry that they do. Um, and I'm not sharing it because, you know, they're, they're some of our closest friends. Um, I'm not sharing it to promote their next show that's coming up on August 12th at the Lexington Theater at 9 p.m., and the tickets are only $10 if you guys were wondering. I'm not sharing it just to promote that. But if you have questions, let me know because I'm getting 20% of whatever Nick makes. Anyways, you guys probably know them, Nick and Louise, right? So they both do music. And I'm sharing this because I was able to actually experience this. I was able to, to go to one of Nick's shows um, with a, a group of people from the church. And I really didn't know what to expect. Not from Nick, but from like, the other groups of people that, that were there. And as soon as I walked in, I already thought to myself, I mean, my college days are over. My college dropout days are over. So when I walk into this place, I was like, ah, kind of familiar. And then I walk in, like, hey, this is not me. This is really different. <laughs> this is really different. And you see, Nick and Louise, they go into these clubs, like clubs, right, where music and people partying, dancing, drinking, all those things. They go into these places, and they sing their music. But the cool thing is, is that music represents Jesus. They're going into these dark places with broken people speaking the truth. How cool is that? They're not going into these places and be like, well, we have to become like them and so they understand us. Shout over here, shout over here. Everybody, we're partying over here. No, they're staying true to themselves and they're singing the truth about who Jesus is. And there's a lyric that Nick has. If you guys don't have it, you can go on iTunes and you can buy it because I get 20%. Okay, there's this this lyric that Nick has and it says, I'm filled up. And I'm filled up. Somebody probably knows it. You can start singing. I don't need no drink in my cup. And then there's a next line that says, because I'm filled off through the Holy Ghost. I'm filled up by the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine being in this club? And I remember the the group of people that got on before Nick. (laughs) This guy gets up, oh man, sorry. This guy gets up and goes, y'all ready to get gangster in here? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, what? <laughs> this is, okay, this is not me. Like, y'all ready to get gangster in here? I've never been asked that question before, but I'm like, sure, let's do it, bro. <laughs> and their lyrics, the things that they were saying were so sad to me. The hurt that they have, the unforgiveness in their heart that they have towards people. Now, I won't recommend listening to their music. That's just me. But what I do recommend is going into this place where Nick was at and seeing the truth and seeing how he speaks these words of love to a group of people that are so broken, that are so hurting. I remember before Nick got on stage, I think it was me, Elijah, and Sam went and we prayed for Nick. And I can't, it was right by the bathroom, which was really weird, but I can't imagine the people walking by and them seeing us laying our hands on Nick. They're probably like, what the heck are these guys doing right here? We weren't doing it for attention. We were doing it because we knew the power of Jesus in that place can overcome and overtake any stronghold if someone is just willing to open up their heart. By the end of that song, people were singing that we didn't know, I'm filled up, I don't know, you know, drinking my cup. 
with a cup in their hand, but who, I mean, the fact that they, that's something that they were saying, to me, that was amazing. And how nice would it be if as a church, we could get outside of these walls and we can go out into the dark places of the city of Los Angeles and bring hope to people. We can roll like Jesus rolled back in the day. He went to the dark places. He went into the places that had no light and he brought light into them. How amazing if us as a church decide, wow, that's powerful. Wow, let's do that. Why should we do that? Because that's what we're called to do. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to bring light into darkness. Now this is great. I, I know that. This is all great. Right? Jesus is amazing. And we want to say, yes, Jesus, I want to roll with you. This is something I want to do today. Right? Oh, maybe three of you guys are thinking that. But without knowing him, that's impossible. Without truly knowing, I'm not saying without knowing of him. I'm not saying, yes, I've heard of Jesus. Yes, I've sat in church. Without knowing who Jesus is on a personal level, this is impossible. Without spending time with him, absolutely impossible. Without loving like he loved, absolutely impossible. Well, I love people. Yeah, but you love people. Do you truly love people like Jesus loved people? Do you truly have that unconditional love where you don't need to receive anything back? Do you truly have that towards everyone or just that little click that you have? I mean, I love these people in my family, of course. Uncle Ronnie's awesome, okay? Or do you love that neighbor across the street that dog barks all the time and he never mows his lawn? Can you love him? Can you mow his lawn? Can you go get his dog a shot collar? Kidding, okay? (laughs) If we do not have the love of Jesus pouring out of us, we cannot do this. It is impossible. And we must sit at the feet of Jesus to truly know and understand him. You know, I heard this, this pastor do a teaching, um, and he was talking about the Good Samaritan, and then right after that, he goes into Mary and Martha. And I was like, okay, this is really confusing. And he, he said it so good, and he, I was like, man, that's good. I'm going to use that, bro. And so he's talking about the Good Samaritan and how we need to do all these things, Nonstop, we need to serve, we need to love, we need to do that, do this. And then the next moment, they're in a living room, right, of Mary and Martha's home. And Martha's serving, she's getting everything running because the King of Kings is here, Jesus is here, so I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to make sure everything's clean, you have to have the best seat, I'm going to make you some hummus, I'm going to make you all these other things, and I'm going to come and serve you. And then she sees his sister sitting over there. Her sister's just sitting, doing nothing. Okay, how many husbands, wives, brothers, and sisters, you, you see them sitting over there and like, you're not doing anything, get up and do something. She starts to complain to Jesus. Well, Jesus, tell her to do something. He says, Martha, Martha, whoa, chill, okay? What she's doing right now, she's sitting at my feet. And that we need to come to a point to where we come and sit at Jesus' feet, yes, we need to be the Good Samaritan. But before we do that, we need to sit at Jesus' feet and truly understand who he is. Truly understand his heart. Truly understand who he is to us so that we then can go out 
and let people know about the love that he has for all of them. We're going to turn to John chapter 13. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he says this in verse 34 to 35. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. (laughs) You ever have people just tell you something over and over and over again, and you're like, okay, I get the point. My wife always tells me, hey, can you pick up milk? Yeah, I'll get it. Of course, I forgot to get milk this morning. So Josiah had half and half in water. Don't tell anybody. Looked like milk. He didn't know the difference. But I think Jesus was trying to make a point. Duh. Love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know (laughs) you are my disciples. If you just love one another, right? Love one another, love one another, love one another. I, I think, I don't know about you guys, but I think by reading this, I think Jesus wants us to love one another, right? I don't know. I mean, I read it and I kind of get the point like, oh, I get it. We're supposed to love one another, not just love one another because you love me back, but love one another even if you don't love me because Jesus loved his disciples unconditionally. Jesus loves you unconditionally. Jesus loves me unconditionally. We don't need to give him anything back because he still loves us No matter what. This is the type of love Jesus is trying to get to his disciples. Love one another just as I have loved you. It's this new standard of love. It's just not the love, of course, everybody knows. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. This is a new commandment. He says it's a new commandment. It's a sacrificial love. It's a a type of love that does not, repeat, does not, does not, need return. Just because you give me high five doesn't mean that you're my friend. Okay, just because you ignore my friend request on Facebook, <laughs> I don't know if we're friends anymore. Okay, you didn't like my picture on Instagram, we're done. Because you didn't do that, so now I don't love you. I don't even like you. No, no, that's not it. Love one another as Jesus. There was tons of people They didn't follow Jesus. They were denying who he was. Even in the synagogue, he's sitting right in front of them saying, I'm the Messiah. I have come to do these things. And some were like, well, yeah, he's a good teacher. He speaks pretty good. By golly. But no. He's telling us to love one another. You're probably going to hear me say that 15 more times by the end of this. Sacrificial love. It's not a commandment for just the disciples. It's not even a commandment just for Christians right here in this church. Or we're sitting across each other like, bro, I love you. You love me? Yeah, we're good. All right. This is a commandment to go out to everybody. It does not matter your religion. It does not matter your race. It doesn't matter what type of job you have. It does not matter what you've done to me. It does not matter what I've done to you. Love one another. You shot me, I'm shooting you. You shot at this person, I'm shooting at you. You called my wife this. Okay, we're cross the line on that one. <laughs> but you did this. No, I 
am going to choose to love you because Jesus continuously chooses to love us. And he says, you will be known by the type of sandals you wear. No. You will be known by the love that you have for each other. He doesn't say you'll be known for your arguments, you'll be known for your debates, you'll be known for your buildings, you'll be known for your Facebook posts, you'll be known for your theological views, you'll be known for this, you'll be known for that. No. By the love that we have as Christians, that is how people will come to know Jesus. Not by your Facebook posts, not by what you think, not by your political view, not where you stand on gun control, by how you love people like Jesus loved us. Can I get the worship team to come up, please? You know, as, as I was preparing this message and, and reading through it, I feel like I, I got really convicted. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's one of those things to where I'm hearing from God, and I'm like, yes, this is good. This is great. I love this. And he's like, this is for you as well. Just don't have it come out of your mouth. You need to live like this as well. And as a body, as Christians, as a church, we need to get to the feet of Jesus. We need to understand, not only read these stories on a Sunday, not only open up our Bibles here on Sunday mornings, and sometimes we come Wednesday nights, and sometimes we get with a little group. Those aren't the only times where we sit at the feet of Jesus and talk about him. Those are great. Those are amazing. I love absolutely love getting together with people who love Jesus and being encouraged by them, by their stories, by their love for Jesus. I love those things. But we need to look what Jesus is saying in Luke when he comes into that synagogue and he says, hey, this is me, the Messiah. I have come to spread the good news to the poor. I have come to set the captives free. I have come to heal Every single person in this world. And by this, Jesus, you live in me. If you are a Christian, you are covered by the blood of Jesus, and he also lives in you. And that is the most amazing thing that he has done, is died for us, and left us with the Holy Spirit so we can go out into this world and we can heal people of sicknesses. We can heal people of diseases. We can help them overcome the chains on their wrists, the chains on their feet, the drug addiction, the alcohol addiction, the sex addiction. We are called to do those sorts of things in this world, in the city of Los Angeles, and sometimes we just sit comfortably in church. Sometimes we just think, okay, well, someone else will do it. Do you think that's what the priest was thinking? Do you think that's what the Levite was thinking? They knew the law. They were called to do it. They were called to go and do something about it. But yet, out of everybody, the Samaritan, who does not get along at all with them, goes and helps this man out on this dark, dark road and takes him back 
and shows love to him. That's the type of person I want to be. I want, I want Jesus, when I go face to face with him, I want him to tell me that he's proud of me. I don't want him to, to say, you serve too much. Or you did this, you loved, you loved a little too much, Dan. Sorry. No, I don't want that. I want to go running towards him when he's running towards me and have him pick me up and say, I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of each and every one of you for how you loved those who were hard to love. Because let's face it, people are hard to love, right? People are difficult, very difficult. They're hard to be around, they're hard to talk to. And there was a, this is really funny, there, when I was younger, I hated kids. Absolutely couldn't stand them. I mean, I thought they were cute for like five minutes. And then as I became a Christian, God starts to speak to me and says, I want you to go down to this country and start a street kids ministry. Ha, <laughs> you're funny, God. But it's because of Christ in me, it's because of the change in my heart that he did to where I could look at these children and see the love that he has. How can you look at someone that you don't like? How can you look at someone that you literally hate? That group of people that you cannot stand. How can you look at them with love? You cannot do it on your own. It is through Christ and only Christ we are able to go out into this world and love one another. If you guys don't get anything from today, I just hope you get this. Love one another. It doesn't say condemn them. It doesn't say judge them. It doesn't say only if they disagree with you, then you don't have to love them. No. Love one another. The only way we are able to make change where we at is through Jesus. Because you see everybody starts slipping away from him and look what happens. He's the prince of peace. He brings peace in the middle of storms. And here in the U.S. of good old A, we're in a storm right now. We're going through difficult times. We're going through times where like this should not happen to us. Are we truly seeking after God in this country? You know what? I don't know about this whole country, but I hope here at Valley Metro Church, each one of us can sit at the feet of Jesus and try to replicate what he did. Because that is what a disciple is. And when our discipleship series, if we want to know what a disciple is, we have to know who Jesus is. If we want to be a disciple, we have to know who Jesus is. And so I encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus, and you want to know Jesus, come up for prayer today. Or even if you know Jesus and you're having a difficult time, you're struggling, come up for prayer today. Because we want to pray for you. We want for you to be in that moment where you are on your hands and knees and say, Jesus, I don't love this person, but Jesus, I want to love you. And by loving you, I know you love me. And I can then go and I can love that person who pulled out in front of me for two days in a row and now I know your license plate. True story, that happened. I don't have to love them. I choose to love them. Just like Christ chose to love each and every one of us. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you 
for what you've done for us, God, what you've done through us, and what you're going to continue to do through each one of us. Lord, we're broken people. We need you. Each and every one of us, Lord, we need you. We need you more today than we did yesterday. This country needs you. And it starts with us, the Christians, to go out into this world and love each and every individual. The person that we walk by on the side of the road begging for food, Lord, show us how we can love them today. That person at work that gets under our skin, Lord, show us how we can love them. We want to love people like you love people, and that's the only way we're going to be able to do that, Lord, is if we sit at your feet and we become like you. Father, fill us up this week as we go out into this world. Fill us up with your love. Fill us up with your spirit. And help us stay focused on you and you alone. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. We pray that this message has blessed you. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.